All right, welcome to the Maximum Moves Podcast. It's your host, Michael Maxey. Uh, we are into Season 2. We started it off with a mock draft, and this week we are going to do another mock draft. Obviously, the lottery was last night. It's a uh, little clarity as to who's picking where and uh, who's going to be in the top five. We will get into that in a minute. Uh, so this uh, episode will be Mock Draft 2.0 post lottery but before we get into that uh there was a a a unique um uh, early trade Uh, i was on my way to iowa for the with the family on a getaway to a lake house when uh as i'm driving my uh, oldest child said that kimball walker been traded to oklahoma city and um i'm not gonna lie i thought he was joking with me and messing with me i mean i didn't think that was a possibility. I knew, I knew Boston was interested in moving him, and sure, uh, sure, shit, they traded Kemba Walker and the 16th pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford and Moses Brown. So I'm going to start off this episode by breaking down the the Boston Oklahoma City trade, and we'll look at it on both uh, both sides, and I'll possibly grade it. I don't know if it's uh, for Boston, it was it was about cost cutting and fit. So Brad Stevens, obviously, Coach Kemba Walker. I, I'm pretty sure I he's not he was not a very big fan of Kemba Walker. Uh, he's a he, he, Kemba Walker by name is obviously a starter in this league. Uh, I think Brad Stevens felt uh, he liked Marcus Smart better. He had an infatuation with Marcus Smart. Probably was defensively. Um, Anyways, and and with the moment Brad Stevens uh, got, I don't know if you wanted to got get moved up front stairs, got a promotion, whatever happened in, in the Boston Celtics uh, front office. When once Brad Stevens took charge, um, it was just a matter of time before Kemba Walker was going to get dealt, and um, they sent him. And to get off of his contract, which let's be honest, Oklahoma City uh, um, not not afraid to take on. Um, I don't want to necessarily say bad contracts, but uh, contracts no one wants to, um, as long as you attach a first-round pick to it, they'll be glad to oblige. And that's exactly what happened. So um, on the basketball court, uh, Al Horford comes back to um, Boston after a couple years away. Oklahoma City uh, basically shelved him, told him that they had nowhere near, uh, nowhere room for him. Um, They're going to go into a rebuilding mode. Thank you, but... um, sit home and that's exactly what he did now he will go to boston i'm presuming he's going to be the starting center um i know they have tristan thompson there but tristan thompson's kind of got off into a bench roll i think robert williams played really well for boston so there's a really big log jam now at the center spot so it'll be interesting to see how boston addresses that um spot i would not be surprised to see tristan thompson dealt uh elsewhere um but uh, I'm assuming Al Horford. They obviously they got another center also in the deal, Moses Brown, who started a bunch for Oklahoma City, and obviously he was probably included for salary cap reasons. Um, and uh, you, you know he's got a good chance to be a rotation player for the Celtics. And obviously let's let's be let's be frank here. Uh, Al Horford, you know, I mean, he's getting up in age, so uh, Moses Brown's a nice young player. Him and Robert Williams can battle out for the backup uh, center spot, uh, I'm assuming, as if Trey Tom- 
uh, Tristan Thompson is dealt. So you got uh, two centers uh, coming to Boston, one point guard uh, getting uh, shipped out. So the Boston Celtics make a deal uh, with Oklahoma City and how it works for Oklahoma City. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the Kemba Walker situation. Do they bring him in to be their starting point guard to maybe help some of the young starters like they did with Chris Paul? You know, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander really, you know, they, they, they really thought of him as their point guard of the future, but uh, he's been playing the two and the three basically for the last couple seasons and uh, really excelled there, you know, until he was injured this last past year. So that's another situation. They could, you, you know, Lou Dort and uh, Gilgis Alexander could stay at the two and the three. Uh, Kemba at the one, and um, they got something they could build on, you know, and they can use all them draft picks to build their front court and some depth to get some shooting off the bench. Um, so, it, it, that is one avenue they could go to. Another avenue is finding another team to take Kemba Walker. I know the Lakers are interested, or at least reports say the Lakers are interested. Um, I, I would imagine the Clippers are going to be interested. In it. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Pat Beverly and Reggie Jackson, um, you know, and, uh, should uh, Chris Paul opt out, Phoenix could be interested. Um, there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, teams that, that would probably be interested in a Kemba Walker. Um, the New York Knicks are a team that I can think of right away that really would probably, I think him and R.J. Bear would be a really nice backcourt. So, um Lots of uh, lots of different um, you know situations they could send uh, Kemba Walker to. Obviously, maybe get some more draft capital or get another young player in return or or, or see what they can do. Um, so, and option number three, in my opinion, um, obviously option number one was start him, play him, see what happens. Option number two is find another team to take him, and option number three is just. Basically sending him home and saying, listen, wow, we like our players. We don't want you. Uh, this was just uh, uh, an acquiring of a first-round pick. Um, and, and then they let him sit home until they find a trade for him or uh, until they figure out what they want to do, uh, whether it's a buyout or or what. So, so uh, that's obviously... Um, uh, the three avenues that I see that they do with uh, Kemba Walker in Oklahoma City. Obviously, they wanted to acquire the first-round pick. Boston, I mean, what's Boston going to do? Add another rookie? You know, I mean, they they have been pretty successful with their latest, uh, last couple drafts. Peyton Pritchard's been a really nice player. Um, obviously, they got Tatum and Brown, you know. Um, so they've been a very good drafting team. But this um, allows... Oklahoma City to package their picks, possibly move into the top ten. So they're gonna they're gonna end up with pick number six. They have pick eighteen and pick sixteen. Now think if you moved, they could probably move pick like a team like Golden. Now nah, I don't think Golden State would want two more uh, two rookies. So um, you could uh, you know if they could package sixteen and eighteen to move up to like twelve or eleven, you know something like that. Um, I think that would that would behoove them to do it. So, Oklahoma City it gives them more flexibility to play around um, when it comes to their draft spots, when it comes to um, 
whatever they want to do with all their picks and whatnot. So uh, as far as grading this trade, it's really hard to, tr- to grade it because this trade was more about for Oklahoma City, a future pick. Um, and for Boston, basically shedding money um, or at least a year and some money uh, off of Kemba Walker's deal. Um, so, but uh, I like to grade tra- trades. That's kind of what I do. Um, but I, um, I, I would say uh, Boston's got something up their sleeve. I'm going to give them a B on this trade. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart's still on the fold. Uh, they obviously very comfortable with Peyton Pritchard as a backup point guard. Um, so if they were not to acquire another point guard, which I, I would say they're probably going to, and there's a lot of talk going around that Marcus Smart may be the next one dealt. Um, but Brad Stevens, from everything I've heard, is infatuated with um, with uh, Marcus Smart. So we'll have to see how this how this plays out. Um, I'm gonna give them a B for Oklahoma City. I'm gonna give them an A because. Whether they use Kemba Walker for a trade, whether they decide to play him, either one of those positions. The only, I mean, they still get, and they, and they acquired a first round pick on top of it. So they got the best player of the deal, which is a win. Um, yeah, they took on an extra year, but Oklahoma City's not really worried about um, that. They have a lot of low salary contracts. So getting a Kemba Walker for a couple years, um, I personally think they are going to try to deal him. I personally think if they do not find a taker or find uh, any kind of deals they like, I think he is the starting point guard um, uh, come uh, first game of the season. So um, that's how I see that trade. I'm going to give it Oklahoma City at A, uh, Boston a, a B on it. And, um, and, and, and it's early fireworks. What I think is going to be a a phenomenal week leading up to the draft. I think you're going to see lots of trades. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to get all energized up with my bang energy drink. And we're going to come back with mock draft 2.0 post lottery. Pistons on the clock, the number one pick. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Maximum Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Maxi, and this is Mock Draft 2.0, post-lottery edition. Broke down Oklahoma City-Boston trade in the first segment. Now we're going to delve deep into the NBA draft. And the lottery was last night, and the Detroit Pistons claimed the number one pick in, in the 2021 NBA draft. So without further ado, let's start. We're going to start with the lottery. And uh, pick number one, the Detroit Pistons. No surprise, I have them take Cade Cunningham, the wing, big guard, whatever you want to call him, the do-everything. Guy can play the one, two, and three from Oklahoma State. Um, Good score. I love his game. Once his shooting, once he gets his shooting down, I think he is going to be... um, Phenomenal. I really do. I think he's a superstar in the making. Um, I really hope they keep him off the ball, make him a secondary ball handler, not a primary point guard. And I think the Pistons are off and running. 
um, they're going to have Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, two rookies who were just overachievers last year, and then, of course, Jeremy Grant as, poss- as a projected starting five if they draft Cunningham. And I know there's some rumors going around that they'll entertain the number one pick, uh, possibly trading it. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone does. I know they're infatuated with Jalen Green. I do not think they're not going to take Jalen Green over Cade Cunningham. So I have Cade Cunningham going to the Detroit Pistons at pick number one. I, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer. He's the best player in this draft. Um, he can play multiple positions. You can have him as your uh, secondary ball handler. You can have him maybe playing some point guard in the backup minutes. It reminds me a lot of Tracy McGrady, the way Tracy McGrady would handle the ball. You know, uh, not a traditional point guard, and he's not, you know, uh, you know. I mean, Tracy McGrady played the two, the three, maybe Penny Hardaway after he moved off the ball, kind of that type of player. That's how I see Cade Cunningham going. I think with a traditional point guard like Killian Hayes, I think he will excel. So uh, Cade Cunningham goes number one to the Detroit Pistons. That brings up the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets um, with the second pick. Um, I got him going Evan Mobley from USC. Um, on most everyone's board, Evan Mobley is the second best player in this draft. Um, I think you're going to see them take him. Uh, Christian Wood is a nice player, had a really good season. Um, I think he can play with. Christian Wood, I think he can play as a um, you know small center. Um, even though he's six ten, six eleven, he's not really small. But like uh, he he plays smaller. He plays. He can put the ball on the floor. He can face up. He he's just he he's he's Chris Bosh. Uh, he v- plays very very similar to the way Chris Bosh used to play uh, for Miami and and Toronto. So I think Evan Mobley goes number two to Houston. This allows them to. Like I said, play either him and, and Christian Wood together, or maybe maybe they put Christian Wood to the bench role. Christian Wood's not on a really monster contract. He's getting 12 and 13 for the next couple years. You know, um, I, I think Evan Mobley is going to be uh, their focal point of their offense should they draft him. Um, and you're going to see his versatility on offense, his versatility on defense. Um, I think this is a can't-miss for the Houston Rockets taking Evan Mobley. And uh, let's just be honest, outside of Christian Wood, they're a little weak. Um, they're a little weak in the bigs. Um, and, and and on Twitter today, I, I, I presented a, you know, a couple ideas that I would love to see um, happen. And one of them would be uh, possibly to trade this pick for uh, in, in a deal for C.J. McCollum. I think that would be great. But um, that's just me being goofy and uh, coming up with ways to build a roster. So I got Evan Mobley going number two to the USC uh, from USC going to Houston. So that brings up Cleveland. So here's the thing. Cleveland doesn't need another point guard. Right now they start two point guards. Um, it's not ideal. They they, they drafted uh, Isaac Okoro a couple years ago. Um, I... Hmm. They're in a they're in a wild situation because uh, while I think Jalen Suggs is the third best player in this draft, I don't think he's a fit for Cleveland. Uh, this guy's a true Jason Kidd type point guard. Ball needs to be in his hands. So does Darius Garland. His ball needs to be in his hands. 
Um, Colin Sexton likes the ball in his hands, even though he's more of a scoring point. Um, don't think he is a fit there. I have them taking Jalen Green. Uh, at what point is the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt um, going to be broken up? Um, I think you draft Jalen Green and you deal Colin Sexton. I think Sexton will get bring you back, um, uh, you know, more capital. I think he gets you a better player. Uh, I would do that. I, 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 t- I think you take Jalen Green and you hope for the best. Either that, move Colin Sexton to the bench, which actually a lot of people, myself included, feel like that might be his best role because he can come in and just gunsling. Um, uh, but Jalen Green's got a lot of potential. He has got a lot of um, upside. Uh, you know, he played really good for the G League Ignite. Um, I think he averaged 17 points a game. Uh his upside is ridiculous. Uh, pretty good passer. Uh, would love, would love to see him in Cleveland. Uh, but they're going to have to figure out their backcourt um, pretty quickly here. So, all right. So going to number four, I got the Toronto Raptors taking Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Uh, well, so I believe Kyle Lowry is going to be gone. I think Philadelphia, the Lakers, the Clippers, um, someone's going to throw more money at him, probably on a one year, maybe a one in a one in one contract with an option that uh, Toronto's not going to want to uh, pay. He's he's probably going to be gone. Jalen Suggs helps relieve that. Obviously, they have Fred Van Vliet there, um, who's on a uh, pretty good contract um, where you could um, either move him to the bench role eventually when Suggs is ready, or play together with Suggs, which is probably the the more ideal fit. They do have Gary Trent Jr. there, who they acquired in a um, uh, in the, the at the trade trade deadline. So um, you can bring Suggs along um, slowly. I'm not a Fred VanVleet um, believer. I don't believe him as a, a lead point guard. Um, I like him as a guy who comes off the bench, can play some point, uh, play off the ball, um, stuff like that. So. I think getting a legit point guard probably will help Pascal Siakam, who who kind of regressed a little bit last year. So um, Jalen Suggs, I have him going number four to Toronto. That brings up the Orlando Magic at number five. And I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I finally just wrote in Jonathan Kaminga, um, small forward from the G League Ignite. He is a little bit raw. But it's a position that I really think that um, uh, Orlando needs to address. Uh, they don't need any more backcourt players. They have, obviously, they, they have Cole Anthony. They have a bunch of point guards. Um, they got Gary Harris in, in, the, in the Aaron Gordon trade as, as your two. They really need uh, a long athletic wing at the three. Uh, and Kaminga fits the role. He is a little bit raw, but for the G League Ignite, he averaged like 17 points a game. Uh, at times, he looked phenomenal. I don't think he's Jalen Green, uh, but Kaminga proved that um, that he's a stud, or that he has a chance to be a stud anyways. And um, I got him going number five to the Orlando Magic. So Oklahoma City comes in at number six. And, well, I think not getting Houston's pick... And falling outside the, the top five might be considered um, disappointing. I think they're getting 
uh, the sixth best player in this draft, and that's Scotty Barnes. Um, he is a do-everything forward. He is a guy who I think can come in right away. He's a good passer, good rebounder, good shooter. Uh, does not need a lot of shots. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who, who's a garbage player. You know, picks up, um, you know, points off of uh, misses and, and stuff and unhustle points and stuff like that. Can shoot, um, but doesn't need, uh, you know, where this this team's obviously going to be Shea Gilgis, Alexander's, and possibly Kemba Walker's. Um, if they don't get uh, find anyone to take him, so uh, Scotty Barnes is a guy who can um, come in, you know, give you some uh, minutes. Uh, I, I would almost play him at uh, at the four. Um, that would make them really fast. You could put Poku as a center. That'd be so fun to watch um, uh, the growth of uh, these players in Oklahoma City. So I got Scotty Barnes going number six uh, to Oklahoma City. So at number seven, the Golden State Warriors acquired uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves trade uh, uh, pick in a trade uh, with Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell. If you remember that a couple seasons ago, well, anyways, Golden State is now taking that pick, and um, they need depth. They really need depth as at the point guard position. I know they took Nico Mannion as a second round pick. Uh, he didn't really play. They played Jordan Poole a little bit as a point guard um, behind Steph Curry. Uh, not really his ideal position. Um, do they need another shooter? Possibly. I ended up giving them Davion Mitchell, the, the guard from Baylor. He, he did measure a little bit smaller than people wanted. But this dude is a defensive hawk. He is just somebody that I can see, you know, just especially in the second unit. Coming off the bench behind Curry, um, yeah, I could see him just disrupting things. Uh, obviously, he, he he was a better defender uh, before his offensive game kind of came into um, into uh, light. But uh, he uh, part of his, Baylor's run to the championship was because of Davion Mitchell's um, his his ability his his offensive progression. It was his ability to, he became, he showed more point guard skills, was able to, um, you know, I mean, he had some, uh, a couple, uh, you know, double digit assist games, you know, especially playing with Jared Butler, who did most of the ball handling. Um, I think Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler in the backcourt, that was like a dual combo uh, point guard threat. And, um, you know, he, he's still getting better at his uh, outside shot. And I think in Golden State, it's going to... Uh, the, the spacing that Golden State has is going to be able to use his quickness to get to the rim um, and uh, open up things for him. He can play with Curry. He can play behind Curry. This is just a... Uh, I, I almost think, outside of maybe Scotty Barnes, this might be a more perfect fit for Golden State's roster. I think Golden State would really love... Scotty Barnes to fall to them at seven. I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, I got him taking Davion Mitchell at number seven. So coming in at number eight, the Orlando Magic. They acquired this pick from the Chicago Bulls in the Nikola Vucevic trade. So this is Orlando's second pick in, um, already. So they picked pick five. Uh, I would love to see them try to pick take five and eight 
and move up to like number two to grab like Mobley or grab uh, Jalen Green or something at number three. I, I think that would be that would be awesome if they could uh, package five and eight up. But um, I got them taking Moses Moody from Arkansas. Really long, good defender, a little bit raw, but he could play behind uh, Gary Harris, who, like I said, it was acquired in Aaron Gordon trade. Um, and, and I don't think Harris is long for um, uh, for Orlando and um, and Moses Moody. Orlando's in a full-ass rebuild. So uh, you might as well take a long athletic guard who can defend and uh, can shoot. So that's exactly what Moses Moody is. I got him going number eight to the Orlando Magic. So that brings up the Sacramento Kings at number nine. So... I'm not sure Buddy Heald, this is like the second or third year in a row, I, actually it's like the second year for sure, that I've, I, I assume Buddy Heald would be traded. He did not get traded last year, had a pretty decent season, but I really think that they want to move Tyrese Halliburton into the starting lineup, and um, I mean, he started a lot of games, and him and Heald together, I don't think is a perfect combo. You're really starting three under, uh, three guards. Um, and, and I think you're, I think you're going to see Buddy Heald dealt. Uh, and I think they're going, Sacramento is going to go for Franz Wagner from the University of Michigan. And they're going to go for shooting. Um, Harrison Barnes, uh, Wagner up front. Um, and you got, so you deal, uh, Buddy Heald, you can do Halliburton. You know, I, I think Mo, uh, Marcus Bagley's probably, uh, Marvin Bagley, I'm sorry. Um, it's probably... Uh, not long for Sacramento. Uh, I would not be surprised. Sacramento seems like a team that could be very active. Um, so, with that said, I, I haven't taken shooting. I haven't taken Wagner. Uh, getting rid of Heald because I don't think Heald and Vladivaj get along too well. Um, and, and, and replacing him with, with Wagner, who, who I was very surprised with his, off, uh, his defensive ability. So, this is uh, a guy who's skyrocketed up. Uh, up the draft charts and I have him going number nine. So that brings us to the New Orleans Pelicans. And I'm gonna be honest, I have no freaking clue what the New Orleans Pelicans are gonna do. But I do know that someone's going to offer Lonzo Ball a lot more money than Pelicans are probably gonna wanna offer. So the Pelicans are going to have to make a decision. Do we retain uh, Lonzo Ball or not? And then also, what do we do with Eric Bledsoe? Because they started ball and Bledsoe. And then that dumbass Stan Van Gundy put the ball in Zion Williamson's hand and basically tried to make Lonzo Ball into a jump shooter. I understand he's trying to get with the times, but you do not do that. That is why he is no longer in New Orleans. So um, you've got to be able to coach the team you have. You know, I understand he was trying to, you know, make Zion into like a, a better version of Draymond Green. Yeah, okay. Stan Van Gundy, you're an idiot. You screwed this team big time. Uh, you upset Zion Williamson. How are they going to repay this? So I think the first thing they do is try to get Lonzo Ball and, and try to match any salary he does. Uh, but Lonzo's going to want $20 million a year. With that said, Josh Hart, restricted for agent, probably gone. I, I would assume he's gone. Um, they already dealt J.J. Redick. He was very unhappy there. Um, there's... Um, you know, there's a there's a weakness at, at the two spot. Um, so I am taking Keon Johnson. 
I know that was long-winded just to get to Keon Johnson, but uh, New Orleans just frustrates me. They frustrate me to no end, and, and most of it is because of that dumb, stupid Stan Van Gundy. And 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 I knew that was a terrible freaking hire from the get-go. Um, you know, I, I I mean, I don't know who's stupider, him or his brother Jeff. So they say some of the most ridiculous things. They do some of the most ridiculous things. He tried making Zion Williamson his point guard. It, it, it's just dumb. You have a starting backcourt that are both point guards, and yet you try to put the ball in Zion's hands at all times. Okay. I need to chill. So let's move on. Number 11, Charlotte Hornets. Um, I got taking Corey Kispert, the, uh, the, the uh, sharpshooting uh, uh, wing from uh, Gonzaga. Uh, I, think, I think they really, really need a big man. I do think they are going to try to acquire a big man via, um, uh, via uh, trade. Um, offseason. I think you're going to see them try to take, uh, they're going to try to go after Miles Turner. Um, they're going to try to go after um, any big man that's uh, available, Tristan Thompson. Um, they're going to try to, they're going to um, try to acquire a, uh, a center via trade. I don't think they're going to try to get one in this draft. So I'm taking Crispert, who will by far be the best. Um, Shooter at when they go to pick. So I, I've been taking uh, Kispert. So that brings us to San Antonio. I am taking Alspern Singen, the center from Turkey. He's playing for Basitikas um, in the um, in the in the Turkish league. So um, I I um, he, this guy can play out score. He can shoot. Uh, very good, very good uh, post up game. I really. I like his game. I've seen, dude, his draft stock is so all over the place. Like, all over the freaking place. Um, I've seen him as high as, uh, like, uh, 8. I've seen him as low as, uh, like, in the 30s. So, um, his minutes per 36 minutes are ridiculous. They're 24 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 1.7 steals. That's per 36. He did average 19 points, 8 rebounds, and almost 3 assists. Um, he did only shoot 20% uh, from um, three. He only took nine. Um, their math is wrong. It would have been 22%. But anyways, he was two for nine. Um, he did shoot 63% from the field. So that tells you inside for two-point range, he's ridiculous. Shot 79% from the free throw line. Uh, just a guy who I think is going to um, not possibly not be ready. Um to play right away next year um but is a guy who um once he gets uh going i mean he's he's just under 19 years old um very young and uh he's going to be a guy that once he figures it out i think he's going to be a pretty good player so i have him going to um uh, San Antonio, they need a center in the worst way. I think they can bring him along slowly. Um, once DeRozan leaves, and DeRozan's probably likely leaving San Antonio, um, they're full rebuild because DeRozan was so good last year. And, and I'm very hard on DeRozan. He was so good last year. But um, anyways, I'm supposed to talk only. I, I'm getting off subject. 
draft. I got when we come into the um, team needs is when I'll start getting into more of the team into uh, more of the teams and, and the phrases of players. So that gives us number thirteen, uh, which is the Indiana Pacers. I got them taking Jalen Johnson, uh, the big man from Duke. Um, he's kind of an in between a wing and a big. Uh, could play either position. A little bit raw. Um, he's uh, 19, going to be 20 here shortly. Um, his biggest problem is like, like I've his stock is all over the place too. I've seen him as high as as six and and as low as like in the 20s. So uh, the problem is is the the way he left Duke. I don't think I think it rubbed some people the wrong way. But I think he's a good fit in Indiana, especially if they can move Miles Turner. Uh, move Domitus uh, Saponis as the only post because I don't think they really are meshing too well together especially in this new NBA age where you only really want one big um, you know and, and you play like a big wing as a four um, so with that said I have uh, Jalen Johnson going to Indiana so we're going to round out the lottery with the Golden State Warriors and I had him taking Davion Mitchell with their first pick. I'm going to have them taking Josh Giddy from Australia. And I know I this is normally against what I do. I normally don't pick a team. I have a team that has two first round picks, pick basically the same position. Um, but I did, and, and here's why. I do not think either one of these are true point guards. So, I think Josh Giddy. Could, I, I I think Giddy's so versatile. I think you could play them the one through the three. Mitchell's versatile. I think you could play him as a one or two. Um, it, it, it's the versatility. I think you could play Giddy as a wing. I think you could play Giddy as a as a as a true ball handler. It gives you more depth. It gives you a secondary ball handler, possibly primary ball handler at the second unit. Um, just a lot of um, a lot of different. Um, uh, looks that the Golden State Warriors could give you if um, if they if they were to grab both of these players. So um, it's usually something I don't do. However, I, I I decided to put it. I think Giddy's a good fit there. I think Mitchell's a good fit there too. So that is the lottery. We will come back, finish up the first round um, uh, with pick 15 in Washington. So we'll be right back. Um, there's a word from Anchor and bang energy all right all right all right welcome back to the maximum who's podcast i am your host michael maxine there's nothing i love better than talking nba draft and it's that time of the season i mean because technically the draft should be like like tomorrow night but uh, the way the season uh, was pushed back, um, everything was pushed back, and the draft is pushed back a month, um, which throws my whole schedule off because I've always planned accordingly um, trips and whatnot and, um, and, and, and vacations. So um, I will be going on vacation right before the draft, but I will be doing draft stuff while I'm on vacation much to the dismay of my wife and kids but that's what I do and um, they'll they'll be fine so anyways let's get back to the mock draft I'm done babbling 
Well, I've never done babbling, but anyways, I'm done babbling about that. So we're going to go to the Washington Wizards. They have pick number 15. I haven't taken James Book Knight. Uh, the two guard from uh, UConn, long, six foot five, good size for a, for a two. You know, um, obviously, he's more, you know, with uh, with the three guard lineups or, or the multiple wings in the lineups, uh, you're... Your wings are just a, wings are a dime a dozen, you know, and it, and 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 everyone is just grabbing wings, you know. Um, it's there's wing, lots of teams are just loaded up on wings. San, San Antonio's loaded up on wings, and apparently they're targeting more this year, which I think is crazy. But whatever. So uh, uh, they need Washington needs to address the backcourt rotation. Book night I think would help do that. Uh, can come behind Bradley Beal get some minutes when he's ready to contribute and um, it's going to be interesting to see how Washington plays the Peel situation but for right now I got James book night going number 15 to the Washington Wizards that leaves Oklahoma City they obviously acquired this pick in the Kemba Walker trade with Boston when they acquired Kemba Walker and Al Horford went to back to Boston they acquired this trade this is their uh, second pick in the first round I got him taking Scotty Barnes with their first pick. Um, they need big men. I got him taking Kai Jones from Texas. Possibly a little bit higher than I would like to have put him. But after scouring, I don't see any other bigs worthy of this. Which makes me think Oklahoma City um, may use 16 and 18 to move up. Or, or, or let's just put it this way. Their wheeling and dealing is never done. Um, so, but I got him taking Kai Jones. He's a versatile, he's a not maybe not as versatile or as good versatility as uh, Evan Mobley. Um, you know, he might be a little bit of a better shooter, um, but he can block shots, has a chance, you know, to be a contributor uh, on a young Oklahoma City team. Um, I have him going number 16 to Oklahoma City. That brings up Memphis. I got him taking Zaire Williams from Stanford. Uh, this is a guy who is uh, obviously, you know, he played at Sierra Cannon. Um, uh, he got a lot of publicity because he played with um, LeBron James Jr., Bronny. Um, went to Stanford, surprisingly. Smart kid. Um, put up really good numbers there. And um, I, I think this is about his draft range. I don't think he'll slip past the Lakers. I think the familiarity with LeBron James and knowing him will make him, but I, I, I really do think he's going to go higher. He's got a great NBA body. He really does. Um, would love to see him in Memphis. Um, you could play him. Uh, uh, Kyle Anderson. Uh, there's just so many things they could do. I would love to see him move Jaron Jackson Jr. to the um, five, but I don't think that's happening. Um, you know, Williams is a guy who's versatile enough, can play the three, can play the four. So I, I, I got I got Zaire Williams going to Memphis at number 17. Okay, so now I got Miami. Uh, Miami's pick 18 going to Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma City is going to eventually need to address shooting, especially off the bench. Um, I got him. This might be a little high. I got Chris Duarte from Oregon. Good size, six foot six. Really has uh, almost like prototypical two guard size. Good shooter. Not quite the athlete um, you want but does ev- all the intangibles uh, would be a f- 
freaking find and a steal for Oklahoma City. If Oklahoma City State, if, if Oklahoma City can get Scotty Barnes, Kai Jones, and Duarte, I, I really consider this a success. Um, it, it, Duarte can shoot. They need shooting, especially because they didn't really address it with either one of their first picks. So I got Duarte going number 18. That brings us 19, the New York Knicks. So the Knicks took massive strides this year. I think the Knicks are probably not going to keep. So they picked 19 and 21. I don't, I don't think that both of these picks will be theirs. So with that said, I think they're going to package both picks to move up, find a guy they want, a guy maybe like Zaire Williams. Maybe, um, maybe they want a book night, you know. Um, Josh Giddy, somebody like that that they could go up and get. But um, if they do keep it, I'm going to have them taking a guy who might not be ready this year, but they can be patient on Philip Petrusev, who is a 4-5 power forward slash center from Serbia. Uh, put up really good numbers if you count his per 36. Um, really showed uh, that he's ready. He is He's pretty much a lock to be a first-round pick, in my opinion. Um, could go higher than 19. It's obviously going to depend on, on, on trades and how this. Um, but I think he is a good guy, a good player that the Knicks may target for uh, a guy who could be a factor in a couple of years or so. So that brings us number 20, the Atlanta Hawks. They need backup point guard right now. Lou Williams is their backup point guard, and and, and while Lou Williams is a phenomenal scorer, uh, he is not the phenomenal scorer he used to be. Um, and he's definitely not a true point guard. Um, I got him taking Deshaun Nix, who played with the G League Ignite, um, was looked at as a potential lottery pick. Um, kind of fell out of the first round talk, but is kind of with his workouts falling back in to the first round. This might be a little bit high for him. Um, I obviously think that um, they're going to address point guard. I think Sharif Cooper from uh, Auburn is a guy that they like. Um, and he's got really good size, which is something that they're going to want to look for the second unit. So, But Knicks has good size, too. He's 6'5", which makes him a guy who could play with Trey Young, could play behind Trey Young. There's just lots of um, lots of different um, looks that they could bring if they, do, uh, if they get a big point guard like Knicks. So... Okay, so the New York Knicks come back at 21. Now, this is, they acquired this pick from the Dallas Mavericks. Um, this is all about the Tim Hardaway. Uh, 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 oh, gosh. Uh, I can't think. I've, I've drawn a blank. So, the, the trade that they made with, um, with, the, with the Knicks, um, with the Mavericks, uh, acquired this. I got him taking Sharif Cooper from Auburn. Uh he, he is a, he measured up higher than uh, he thought. Um, I think he, his stock is going up. Uh, he's a true point guard. Um, I know they took Emmanuel quickly last year. Quickly can play off the ball just as well as he can play on the ball. Um, and, and this is all about acquiring uh, depth. I do think they're going to go looking for a starting point guard. I think Kemba Walker is a guy that they're going to target. So with that said... Um, this is a guy in Cooper who, 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 who could possibly 
help out should they not be able to address their point guard spot, which they really haven't done in the last couple of years. I mean, Derrick Rose was starting um, and, and um, in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. So, I got the Lakers coming in at number 22, and the Lakers need shooting. Supposedly, Cam Thomas has a um, promise. That's why he shut himself down. The Lakers at 22 seem to be that promise. That is a lot of what the rumors say. So I have Cam Thomas from LSU, who I absolutely love. This guy is a bucket getter. He's a Jamal Crawford without the point guard skills. He is a bucket getter. Like Jamal Crawford was, had came in the league, was a point guard. Then they realized, ah, he's a bucket getter. We're going to move him off the ball. Um, anyways, um, I think Cam Thomas, he plays well off of screens. I think he'd be awesome on that second unit. Really needs to improve his defense. Uh you know, his defense and and whatnot, but um, this is a guy who who I think could eventually be a uh, contributor for the um, Los Angeles Lakers, especially. Uh, I think their roster is going to be flipped. I think their roster, I think Kuzma's gone, I think Caldwell Pope's gone. Um, now with Caruso getting arrested, he could possibly be gone. Um, I think Marquise Morris is gone. There's going to be so much turnover for the Lakers, you know. Um, uh, yeah, so obviously um, Thomas would be a guy that I think they would target. So that brings us to 23, which is the Houston Rockets. This is their first of consecutive picks. This pick they acquired from Portland in the Robert Covington deal. Do you remember that? The Robert Covington deal that... Um, they made uh, sending Covington to Portland. Well, that's they acquired a first-round pick for it. Well, I have them taking Jared Butler from Baylor. This is a guy I had near the lottery. However, he has, uh, uh, I don't know exactly what it is. So he was flagged in the health issue. Um, he needs to correct that or he will not be drafted. I think he'll get it corrected. I do think it's going to hurt his stock, however. So I have him going 23 to Houston. And um, I, whatever's going on, I think they will they will get it right. Um, he's got good size as a point guard. I think he would be a really nice backup to John Wall. Um, so that gives Portland, or uh, that pick is from Portland. So Houston gets their second pick from the Milwaukee Bucks. This was a part of the P.J. Tucker deal, which, I mean, this P.J. Tucker deal, this first-round pick might be worth it because it might have propelled... Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks into the finals and possible championships. So I got him taking Usan Garuba from Spain. Um, very good face-up shooter. He's six foot eight. Probably more of a four than anything else. Um, but Houston's gonna need depth. I think Houston is acquiring just young talent. I think that the the way they picked up Kevin Porter Jr. and now he looks like he's going to be a stud. They drafted Jason Tate last year. He's become a starter, made all rookie, uh, one of the all rookie teams. Um, Christian Wood, uh, I think they're gonna try to deal John Wall. That's gonna be hard to do. Um, I think they're gonna try to deal Eric Gordon. That's gonna be hard to do. But as far as their young talent, uh, I really like what they're doing. So they just need some depth. So uh, at 25, I have the Clippers taking Johnny Juzang from UCLA. I love Juzang. I loved him when he went to Kentucky. Um, he obviously did not have a good run at Kentucky, forcing his transfer to UCLA, where the Clippers, where he's been in the Clippers' back door. So the Clippers have seen him. Um, 
I haven't seen much of him as a first round pick. I'm one of the few, uh, but I feel confident that he's going to be picked in the 25 to 35 range. So um, his run through the NCAA tournament, uh, that's big time. And, and I think that should be recognized. And um, I have the Clippers taking him at 25. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a versatile wing. He can spot up, he can shoot. He's got a very good, nice post-up game for a wing. And um, uh, this, is, this would be a welcome sight for the Clippers. Um, you know, and he's still young, uh, still developing. So I, I, I got Johnny Juzang going number 25 uh, to the Clippers. That brings up Denver. Denver needs shooting. What did we notice when... Okay, so they made the trade for Aaron Gordon. They... It was an upgrade. Unfortunately, an upgrade, they got rid of Gary Harris, their starting two guard. So to get a starting power forward, even though they, you know, they moved Millsap to the bench. So getting a starting power forward, they had to give up. But the, the moving Will Barton into the, into the starting lap might have been a blessing. But then Barton got hurt. So they, you know, and then obviously Murray was hurt. So they started the backcourt with Fancunzo, Campanzo, and Monte Morris. Exactly. So they need shooting. They need guard depth. I got to take a Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. Um, might be a little higher than, than a lot of people think, but I love this guy's game, man. He, he's, he's a good defender, good three-point shooter. I think he would help out the, the Denver Nuggets. Um, especially in the second unit, gives them more depth um, to battle these injuries. Um, and I got him going 26 to Denver Nuggets. Uh, that leaves the Brooklyn uh, Nets um, with their disappointing playoff run, which was hampered by injuries. Um, I got them taking Nemus Quetta from Utah State. Good rebounder, good shot blocker, good defender, uh, true center. Um, I know they have Nicholas Claxton there. Uh, this, at, at, when you're picking this late, you're just picking guys that you think can eventually contribute or maybe add depth, and, and that's what they, they're going to do here. They're going to add depth. Obviously, they're, they're not even remotely close to being done. I would not be surprised um, to see them make a deal. Spencer Dinwiddie's probably uh, likely elsewhere. I can see him going to the Lakers. I know. It seems like a theme. I think I can see everyone going to the Lakers. But anyways... I got Brooklyn at 27, taking Nemus Quota from Utah State. Philadelphia, I got him taking Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. So, good rebounder, good shot blocker. Um, in and out of the lineup, gets in foul trouble a little bit. Um, but this gives depth for Joel Embiid. Um, you know, I, I think he's still raw. I think... Um, you're going to need to be a little patient with him. But Philadelphia can't. I, I really do think Philadelphia's going to try to make a splash. Uh, Daryl Morey's not going to sit around. Um, do they trade Ben Simmons? I would if I could find someone to take him. I would trade him straight up for John Wall, to be honest with you. I think John Wall's a better freaking point guard um, uh, for their roster. Plus, I don't even think Ben Simmons is a point guard. I think Ben Simmons needs to be treated like... Like uh, Draymond Green, he needs to be uh, not necessarily a point forward, but uh, he's better in the post. I, I mean, he can't break down it. Uh, you know, he's got other than his ability to pass, he's got no point guard skills, zero. He's not quick. Um, he's got none. He can't shoot. I mean, he's got no point guard skills other than the fact he's a good passer. So I got an idea, dum dums. 
put him in the post. Let him pass out of the post. I mean, I mean, other than that stupid pass he tried to make in the playoffs when he had an easy layup or dunk, that's what he does. He's got a good spin move. Ugh, I'm getting off on another tangent again. Well, anyways, um, I got Isaiah Jackson going to Philadelphia. Um, at pick number 28. Pick 29, Phoenix. I got him taking Jaden Springer from Tennessee. And this is a guy I see coming in at the lottery or just a little bit above. But um, I, what I'd like my point guards to do is pass. And not, not the greatest passer. His assist are down from what I would think a, a true point guard should be at. Um, it's just... You know, I think he's still talented enough. I think he's a good enough scorer. I think he'd be great for Phoenix. Because we I, I don't know how the campaign... Uh, you know, I, I think he's in a, a last year's contract. So, um, it's going to be... Um, you know, it, it, they're going to need depth at the point guard spot. And they really struggled with that. I mean, I know they got Ty Jerome. But, um, like I said, when you're picking this late... Adding depth is always a good thing. So I got Jaden Springer going 29 to Phoenix. So at Utah, I got them taking shooting. I got them taking at 30. Josh Christopher from Arizona State. Good score. Um, uh, good shooter. Got good size. Um, you know, eventually Joel Inglis and Royce O'Neal are going to be phased out of this offense. Um I don't know what the situation with Mike Conley is. I mean, I know he's a free agent. I, I'm not 100% sure that they're they're sold on him. Could see Donovan Mitchell make a full-time move to point guard next year. Um, and that leaves, obviously, room for the wing spots. So I think they're going to take a wing, regardless if Conley comes back or not. I, I, I really do. Because, for once, like I said, you always need wing help. Um... You can get there. Every team's loading up on wings, so just because you have one, even though he might not get enough playing time, he could eventually. And I think Christopher's a good player, so um, that's so that's my mock draft. And I just want to let you know that's my second mock draft I did today. You know why? I was not happy with the first one. Ah, yes, it's that time of the season, and I get frustrated with my mock drafts. Um. So we're gonna take a brief break. I'm gonna come back, and then we're gonna we're gonna go over some miscellaneous stuff. We're gonna run over some rumors and, and, and whatnot, and um, and uh, it go from there. So we're right back um, after this word from Anchor. Right, and here we return to the rare fourth segment. I don't really do four segments in a Maximum Loops podcast, but we're, uh, there's some things I want to talk about, some rumors, uh, and then I'll give you a layout of how my uh, podcasts are going to go leading up to the draft. So, with that said, um, I, there's a couple, there's some teams in the lottery that are looking to make some moves. Cleveland being one of them. Now, did that change when they got the third pick? I think so. But I know the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking to make moves. Whether that's breaking up their backcourt of um, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, 
um, I think is going to, obviously, they're still trying to unload Kevin Love's contract. Um, but Kevin Love's production is, I mean, you get one game out of, one good game out of, what, six or seven? Um, I know they're, I know they would also be okay uh, uh, dealing uh, Larry Nance. So, um, Cleveland is a team that is going to be looking to make some moves. Houston Rockets are also looking to make some moves. Um, do I think they're sold on the number two pick? No. Do I think they're sold if they keep the number one, number two pick on Evan Mobley? No. I think they like Jalen Green. Um, you can move Porter over to the three. Jalen Green and Porter. That would be a really nice combo to go with Wall. Could they go Jalen Suggs at number two? Yes, uh, as a future um, as a future uh, replacement for John Wall. Because um, I think if they were to take Suggs at number two, Jalen, uh, John Wall would be, they would try to pedal hard. I really know that um, that the Houston Rockets are trying to make moves. I don't think, um, I don't think they want to rebuild forever. They want to find a star. They want to find a player that they can make into the next Russell Westbrook, make into the next James Harden, whether it's Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, or a player in a trade. I suggested on Twitter today that they should go and trade John Wall for Ben Simmons and trade this number two pick in a, in a, um, in a deal to acquire C.J. McCollum. Think about how awesome of a starting lineup that would be. You could have C.J. McCollum as your point guard. Um, you know, you could have um, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as your two guard. Then you can have Jason Tate, who really looked good last year, as your three. Um, ben Simmons could become your four, and the um, and Christian would be your five. Um, that gives Ben Simmons the ability to play a point forward role in a, uh, a more tr- uh, dream on green like way, where he could play in the post, keep him away, uh, keep him closer to the basket, stuff like that. I think that would be an awesome, awesome way to start building back. Um, you get out of uh, you get out of uh, John Wall's ridiculous contract. I know you get another ridiculous contract. But at least Ben Simmons, at this point, he's younger and and, and better. So I know Houston's trying to make moves. Um, look, at, you're going to have to look at the teams that have multiple first-round picks, especially multiple lottery picks, like Orlando. Orlando landing in the top five, they might be okay staying there. But think about this: if you could package the number five, number eight pick, um, I, I don't, I, I don't. I don't know how sold they are on Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz as their point guards. Could they make a run to try to maybe package up to get Jalen Suggs? I mean, that's something that I could look at. Um, I don't think I would do that. I think I would maybe target Jalen Green um, and then run with Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz as my point guards. Um, that's something. Obviously, obviously, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is a team that has multiple first-round picks. Could they try to make uh, 6, 18, move up into the top four? Toronto might be interested. Um, there's just a lot of teams. Golden State. Golden State could try to move 7 and 14 to get to the top five. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of teams that have multiple first-round picks. Um, I do think the Knicks are trying to either... I do think the Knicks do not want two rookies next year. So they're going to either package 19 and 21 
move up or they're going to get rid of one or both of them picks. So that is that is for sure what I know. Um, not sure. I, I not sure. I think Sacramento wants to start winning. <laughs> I mean, they want to start winning fast, and, and, and I'm not sure they're going to keep their pick at number nine. Um, and like I said, I don't no idea what New Orleans is doing at number ten. So. That's how I see it. I do not think Detroit trades it. I know there are rumors today saying that they might trade it. So those are a little quick uh, uh, synopsis of some teams um, that might be looking to trade in the draft. So next week, I am going to do um, a top uh, players by position. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down one through four. Five. Yeah, I'm going to break it down one through five. Um, it's going to be point guards, twos, threes, fours, and fives. I did think about doing uh, point guards, uh, wings, and bigs, but I'm just going to go one, two, three, fours, and fives. Um, obviously, there's a lot of guys who can play multiple positions. With that said, um, the week after that, I'm going to be doing um, team needs, and breaking down what each team needs, uh, factoring in free agency, factoring in whatnot. Then, as we get closer to the draft, you may see multiple mock or multiple podcasts. My next mock draft, I don't know when that's going to be. However, uh, my mock draft right before my final mock draft will be a two-round mock draft. Um, I think, uh, you know. And it, should there be any trades, I will break down those trades, whether it's inside one of my other podcasts or if I do an emergency podcast. And this is um, this is how I want to do it. So as the draft comes, we're definitely going to be doing we're definitely going to be doing uh, one podcast a week now until the draft, possibly as many as two. And the week of the draft, you may get three. You're going to definitely get my final mock draft. You're going to possibly get a podcast the day of with rumors and then uh, me breaking down the rumors and possible trades if they happen and then the day after the draft will be my draft grade special which is always always my favorite so um, you're going to get three you're going to get three podcasts um, uh, draft night you're going to probably get one it's probably going to be Monday, Wednesday and Friday um, as the draft is on Thursday or maybe I'll do I'll do my final mock draft maybe Monday, and then I'll do a recap maybe. Maybe I'll do my final mock draft Tuesday. I'll do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll do my final mock draft Tuesday. I will do um, maybe make some changes. If some deals go down, we'll discuss that on Wednesday, on Thursday um, before the draft. And um, that'll probably be an early one. And then Friday will be my my, my special that will be... Um, on draft grades so i hope you enjoyed it um and then obviously i'm gonna do top players by position and the, uh breakdown and then i'm going to do uh, uh team needs coming up i'm not going to do a big board um because my big board is fluctuating every day so i'm not going to do that and um yeah so have a good week um and uh we'll get back with you next week